Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Interior Analysis. I will be your host for this one, David Jones. I'm Evan Westman. And I am Jelani Kelly. See, I, I did the clap thing. You, you get it? Because of the clap, 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 clap. Oh, yeah. In the movie with the new course. Yes. Yes, Chef. Thank you, Chef. Yes. Yes, Chef. I love you all. We love you too, Chef. We love you too, Chef. Yeah. So if you can't well, tell, we're covering the menu. <laughs> so, yeah, today my episode is going to be the menu. It, This is a movie that snuck up on me. I don't know. You guys can kind of answer this in your first impressions and kind of everything. But I literally feel like I didn't see any advertisement for this movie at all. Like I opened up my phone, went to like the movie app and was like, oh, what's playing this weekend? And then I saw ralph fines and anya taylor joy and nicholas holt and i was like what is this movie and i didn't watch a trailer i didn't go see it in theaters i caught it when i went to hbo max and i was very pleasantly surprised with this film i didn't have any expectations other than the acting i thought okay it's probably gonna be pretty good because those three can hold it down and that that was true and they didn't disappoint me in any regard but for anyone who doesn't know, a brief overview of the film before we get into your first impressions. It is a black comedy horror film, as Wikipedia describes it. Really? Horror? Yeah, I can see this being technically horror. I would put this more in the thriller bag of horror. Uh, yeah. But um, I can see if people are getting like super anal about genre. Okay, sure. Technically, it could be horror. But the menu premiered at TIFF in 2022 in the fall. And then it went on to be released that, like, Thanksgiving kind of cycle by Searchlight, which leads me to my first question, which is, if Searchlight released this, and that's a subsidiary of Disney now, is Chef an official Disney princess? And can I see her at the park? Can I go eat at the Chef restaurant in Disney World? I heard the dessert is to die for. Hmm. That's what I want to try. So, And yeah, the movie has made, I think it's like, 80 million it made 80 million yeah it made yeah. 80 on a Worldwide. 35 million budget so pretty decent <laughs> yeah it did about 38 and a half domestic and then a little under 41 million in other territories so it did pretty evenly across the globe which is kind of cool most films kind of swing one way and then like with Avatar, Avatar is doing in so much better. Not to say it's doing bad domestically, but when you look at it, it's global. It's just like destroying its domestic. But this is very balanced, which I feel like is kind of rare. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's catering to international audiences at <laughs> all. Catering. Ah, didn't even didn't even intend for that. Oh, that is, that is a good pun. And one last thing is this was produced by adam mckay and will ferrell and they tend to be producing partners and things and i think they actually have a pretty solid track record in their productions i i enjoyed this i like dead to me so i will keep my eye out for whatever they do in the future as producers like will ferrell will ferrell yeah like comedian will ferrell will ferrell what the hell okay mm -hmm. yeah dead to me is very different too that's another kind of black comedy horror but it's a TV show, and it's it does live in that thriller kind of lane, and it's really good. Very funny. It's about I've death heard and grieving. Adam McKay before. What has he done? 
He's Don't Look Up and The Big oh, Short. Okay. And then he he yeah. and Will Ferrell did a lot of comedies together in like the early 2000s, but he's been doing more serious stuff in the past few years. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yep. But yeah, so who who would like to go first with your first impressions? I'll go. Take it away. This was hilarious. Uh, so I'm, I, I verbally said WTF a lot because I was so baffled but intrigued by what was going I think I was glued to the screen the whole time. I don't remember, but she said she does. My mom recommended this to me a while ago, actually. Uh, having no recollection of that, I remember I recommended it to her last night when I watched it, and she said she'd seen it twice already. I was like, oh. I was like, mom, you'd really like this movie. She was like, I know, I saw it already twice. Oh, okay, my mistake. Yeah, this is this is my type of movie. I like the. I don't see it as horror, but I I like the, the hostage. Not hostage, but like, what would you do type of movies? And this is, this seems like a, not, no disrespect to the other movies, but like an elevated version of that, because I feel like it was also trying to deliver a message or two, where it was about something other than just people dying and trying to escape. So yeah, I, I, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I recognized Anya, Nicholas Holt, and Ralph Fiennes, and John Leguizamo, obviously, and then the critic was the lawyer in Ozark. I don't think I have you seen Ozark, but that's it. And I thought the black guy was Donald Faison from Scrubs at first, but that's it. I am glad you liked it. I think we said this at the end of last episode, but yeah. I could. I was thinking you could go really hard either way with this. Like I could have seen you thinking it was hella pretentious and just being so not yeah. here for it. But it does check a few of your boxes. There's death. There's um, a great villain. Yeah. Well, everybody's a villain technically in this movie. Yeah, but like Ralph Fiennes is like kind of your sort of villain. I feel like yeah. in his character in this. Because I didn't know where it was going to, so unpredictability. Mm-hmm. I-, I thought maybe it could have been a play at the end. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I wasn't sure wasn't how you would it. feel, or even Evan. I was like, this could be a big swing either way, because it definitely dabbles into the exaggerated side of satire that could almost be read as like campy or stupid like when they're getting dressed up as s'mores and this and that and i was like all right like they're either going to enjoy the film and be with it so by the time that stuff comes they're okay with it or they're gonna hate the film and by the time that happens it's just gonna be like the nail in the coffin and they're gonna be like this is the stupidest thing why did david make us watch this no i enjoyed it yeah, I had already seen this in theaters, so I, I rewatched it this past weekend. And I, like you, David, had seen basically no marketing for it. I made sure not to watch any trailers once I decided that I did want to see it. I'd seen, like, some people praising it and, uh, like, had a few friends who had gone to it. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll try this. But, again, tried to, like, make sure I knew as little as possible going in. And turned out to be my number five of last year, which sounds low, I I think, lower than it deserves to be. But when the top three are, you know, no glass onion. Yeah, and everything everywhere. Like, number five means a little bit more last year. Or it means better than it would in other years. 
a lot of the first 20 minutes of this, uh, Jelani, you recognize the lady from Ozark. I had that with four different characters. I was like, oh, look, it's Lady True from Watchmen. Oh, there's the Volter guy from Succession. Oh, there's Donald Blythe from House of Cards. And then there's the dude who says he'll measure the most dicks from Silicon Valley. I was like, oh, well, all these people who I know from one... You remember dick measuring guy, Evan? Yes, it's it's pretty funny in, in okay. the show. He's like... If there's going to be a dick measuring contest, I think you'll find that I will be the one who measures the most dicks. And i that's like all he does. He shows up for the one episode and then leaves, but I remembered him. Um, Did he do it? No, he was, it was like a, he was using it as a metaphor, but it was still pretty fun. We should talk about no. Silicon Valley someday, but that's a lot to make you guys watch. Um, but I really love that show. Yeah, re- I, I thought the casting across the board, though, was like spot on from every part. Rewatching it, I felt like the only real difference I felt was like, I mean, I was trying to go into it like looking for a little more meaning, but knowing that Margot and Tyler aren't a couple and that Tyler knows they're going to die just like gives, I don't know if there's like moments that really read different, but I guess I had less questions about like, because I feel like they signal pretty early that like Tyler's kind of a dick, but the first time around, I was like, okay, is this going to be that, like, Margot needs to, like, realize that she shouldn't be with him? But then you find out, okay, no, they were never a couple to begin with. She's just, he hired her as an escort. I, I was questioning, like, why, why is she, why is she with him? Because he, he had said more mean things than anything to her up until a certain point. And then he cracked a joke. And I was like, is that why she makes, he makes her laugh? Is that why they're together? And then everything came together, and then he hung himself. But even, like, the dialogue in the beginning, you, you get a sense that, like, they're not... This isn't a normal date. Like, they're going out to eat, and she's like, and you're okay that I'm not into all of this when, like, they're trying the stuff on the boat? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's perfectly fine. It doesn't bother me. And I'm like, they either just met, <laughs> like, and then they just walked on the boat together, or they don't really they don't know each other so like that was the first inkling to me where i was like okay what what are we doing here and i, really... I thought she was trying to show interest that's what i thought that was but she was just like okay but you know i'm not into this he was like oh that's fine but she's here so i was like okay so at least she's trying in their relationship and then i found out it's not a relationship right oops well, they signal too with like when when she puts in her name, like you see that it was supposed to be someone else. So I I think the first time I was like, oh, so like this is pretty new. Like maybe like yeah, I thought it was like an ex or something. Yeah, because clearly he was meant to come to this with someone else. So like that pivot probably wasn't made too long ago. Yeah, that's the, I think that's the logical assumption. Or maybe she was like, I thought maybe she was like a, a mistress. I thought um, she was a rebound first you. date. And he was trying to like ball big to impress her. Mm. But when you rewatch it, it makes so much more sense. Only person he cares about impressing is Chef. Mm. Yeah. Very much. A little too much. Yeah. It all, well, that was the other thing, like, the outside of their relationship, like, when you know that he knows he's going to die in the first half, I was like, oh, so he's like, like, this is his dream to die doing this. Mm-hmm. So, like, it does kind of lend itself as, like, 
he's <laughs> like he's trying to impress chef and like that's his like that is the end of his bucket list probably <laughs> like if i can get him to notice me and approve that my life is complete and i can die happy uh, yeah like die the, happy. the second time i watched it it changes for me how i view him his like dickishness because the first time i watched it it was very much so the experience you said like they t they show you pretty early tyler's an asshole and then it progressively gets worse and you're like what kind of inhumane person would hire someone to die and, it, and then you're like oh my god but then when you watch it back and you're like oh no wonder he was a dick like he knows he's gonna die he does not care nothing today matters so he's just going to be his purest worst self but he's also like so aggressive well and i guess that in, in it, it has selfish motivations the way that he's like stop you child like when oh, she's yeah. oh, not enjoying your thing it's the end of his bucket list and he paid his money and this person he hired is disrespecting it uh, like how could you like that like that would just take him over i need to rewatch i'm gonna i'm visiting my mom in march and we're gonna rewatch she wants to watch it again a third time uh, i need to rewatch it for that to have that context because that sounds like like a different watch altogether than because i was pissed off at him like him calling her a child i was like bro why are you talking to right, her like and the that? snapping and yeah everything. yeah you just snap at her what the f yo somebody drop kicking and, and then looking back now that you guys are pointing that out yeah he was finna die at the end of that night so one way or uh, another he that was it he knew that was the deal that chef was gonna kill him yep and chef gave him the extra twist by being like you know what you can do it yourself i mean he acknowledged him right just not in the way he wanted never beat your heroes yeah that was crazy but as soon as he said i want you to uh cook i was like he doesn't know how to cook does he oh no tyler what are you doing i thought about like what i would do in that situation i was like i mean my cooking abilities are adequate for feeding myself but i guess i'd make fudge and then because <laughs> that's the only thing i know how to make that's such like a like a pure response especially after like someone just killed themselves before for this i would have I been like cursing him out uh, i probably just make some eggs or something that's if i had to, if i really did have to make something that's where i would go i'm like best with breakfast foods yeah or like chicken cutlets pull a charlie brown thanksgiving and just make buttered toast a cereal a bowl of cereal bowl yeah. of cereal he said they have everything you could just make a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch add cinnamon add more cinnamon <laughs> to so you cook it this you spiced it up and some Yum. insanely pretentious kind of milk yeah like i don't know cream cheese milk or some bullshit Ew. that sounds terrible but yeah <laughs> my god no not cream yeah wait what goes on top of cinnamon like icing milk i don't know eggnog Ooh. oh no oh no goops <laughs> guys i'm not a chef i'm just suggesting neither am i but this doesn't sound good <laughs> All right, fine. You suggest the milk then. I, I I don't have a suggestion. That's what I thought. You can't cook there. either, so like, you would have hung yourself too, huh, Evan? No, yeah. I just been like, yeah, sorry, crazy. this is the best I got. That's crazy. I'm over here just 
giving it my all when it comes to milk suggestions and you just like no yeah nah nah that's crazy right i don't even know how to talk about milk like that's that. crazy i, don't drink milk. It's, it's I know crazy. whole skim and one percent and then strawberry and chocolate milk. what about almond milk oat, oh, yeah, oat milk uh goat milk uh coconut milk yeah anyway <laughs> um try to belittle my cinnamon toast crunch i got a recipe and you you ain't never gonna learn the secret. It's I, not love. I'm the so secret ingredient. It's, it's not love. It's a, the secret ingredient is obsession. Hmm. The whiplash treatment. Yes. All right. Is well, that everything for initial impressions? Yeah. I, I mean, I guess the only other thing was like, there was a little bit of catharsis I have, at, like having worked in a few restaurants and having some, you know, customers who are not excellent. I don't feel like it was as cathartic as i would have thought like i'm not happy when the guests are being burned at the end i'm not like hell yeah like screw the customers being always right or whatever like they don't they're not that bad of people but there was some stuff where i was like i felt like my kitchen experience or kitchen experience is a strong word but like there was some places i felt seen as a food service person past and present that's good and i'm glad that you seeing the elements you identified with didn't make you condone murder later in the film well uh, i've never wanted to like wish death upon good. anyone that i've served at a restaurant sometimes like they're just assholes <laughs> you've never I... wanted to kill them before evan no but i think there, I'm probably not the only restaurant worker who felt a little bit of, like, yeah. Like, I, I would like to at least get some kind of retribution on customers. Certainly not this far. Oh, wait. I want, also wanted to mention the food looked trash. Only thing that looked good on the menu that they ate was the damn, uh, the thigh. Because that looked really well seasoned. But then they threw it in a taco for whatever reason. I was like, it kind of ruins it. I'll just eat the, the meat. It was it chicken thigh? Lamb thigh? Yeah, I think somebody, it, was it was Somebody's thigh. I was like, okay, that looks decent. Everything else looked like BS. I kind of agree with old girl at the end. Like, she was still hungry. I was still hungry, even though I just ate. That cheeseburger looked fire, though. Oh, my God, the cheeseburger looked so good. Greasy. The only thing that looked better than the cheeseburger was the bread. The bread looked good, too. Bread did look good. I'm not even a bread guy like that. That bread looks crunchy on the outside, soft on the end. But it's it's for the common man, so uh, they we get no bread. No bread. No bread and no eating. Taste, experience, savor, but don't eat. He, but he kept saying eat throughout the he had that whole speech, but kept saying eat throughout the whole thing, the rest of it. Yep. I was like, bro, you want them to eat or not? Mm -hmm. and that's why i was glad i was waiting for someone to throw it back at him and our, our protagonist eventually did and i was like thank you my god he was and like, he does he even have a response she's like but you told not to eat oh get out and he's just like ah no, he me. said madam you know that's not what i meant <laughs> oh right okay he takes a beat though he's like verklempt it like takes him out he's like whoa that was not ready for that and then nicholas holt's like in the background just fuming <laughs> But if that's all for initial impressions, we can get into a topic. Does anyone want to start first? Because 
I think go it'd anywhere. be best to start with yours. Yeah, gladly. I think this movie functions very similarly to a play because of it mainly taking place in one room. And I think a lot of what you get from the story and the characters and the interactions that ultimately built up to like what's satisfying in the conflict comes from the dialogue. And the first thing I thought when I watched this was like the playwriting <clears throat> classes that we did with Bruce. And he was like, think of an unanswered question, like how, what's going to propel you into like the next act and what's going to make people stay and have to know like, all right, I'm going to go back to my seats. And I think they did that really well with her character as an escort. Like we were talking about earlier, the beat on the boat and the dialogue kind of discussing that she's new and they don't really know each other. And there's kind of that question of like, oh, why, why is this the case? But it's not, it's not blaring at you yet. It's just you, like we all said, you kind of just assume, okay, maybe it's a first date. And then she gets to the restaurant and she sees the guy and the older man and she's kind of taken aback and she's like, ooh, and you're like, why does she know him? And then that raises another question. And you're like, oh, okay, well, I was thinking this was a first date, but maybe this is a little bit different. This could be a different kind of date. Uh, maybe they're friends. Who knows? We'll see what's happening. And then that progresses until we get the later scene with Ralph Fiennes and he's talking about... Um, to her in the bathroom about it and what it means to be an escort and who she really is and all of that and that kind of like this that continues on to the scene with the lady when she goes to the outhouse and she tries to kill her until when she comes back and we finally get the truth and it's like no she's an escort she slept with him and you hired her and you knew that you were gonna die tonight and you knew she was going to die tonight and you finally as an audience member see the perspective and the movie for what it is these are all elements and angles to the story you don't see when you first walk in and that's the point and i think that kind of craftsmanship really played out well for me i really didn't mind it i really found the pacing enjoyable especially for the limited settings and i think for the side stories the affair with the old man and his wife the business people they all kind of unravel in that similar way and even if they're not as meticulous as the main story it was still like good enough for me even to like the reveal of like oh your boss your boss you've been talking about well look he's hanging and he's gonna go die and like to me that's just like that's how my favorite scripts are written that's how i like my scenes to work so it's more about like dangling the question and putting it in our head to, as like a point of interest because I, I heard you say unanswered questions, and I was like, I don't feel like there's anything that's really unresolved. I think it is a strong point of this that I, I, I hadn't really noticed, and I think it is something that maybe functions better subconsciously, is, like, you don't necessarily know consciously or thinking, like, oh, who killed that guy? But it hasn't been answered, so you're not... Like, you're still engaged. At least, that's how I feel like I experience it. The The White Lotus show on HBO, mm -hmm. both of those seasons start off showing you that somebody is going to die, and it doesn't tell you who or how. But, like, that is kind of in the back of your head the whole time. Is like, okay, like, something's going to go down. So, mm -hmm. and I think there's plenty more in that show that, like, keeps you interested. But it is kind of a... 
J.J. Abrams is somebody who apparently does this a lot. The problem is a lot of times he doesn't have an answer in mind when he starts those questions out, but he's really good at setting up questions. But yes, this, I think, Lucy does. had an answer. Oh, God. <laughs> what was the question, though, in Lucy? Now you know what to do with it. Uh, <laughs> right. How can I forget? That. Oh, my God. Uh that really wiped my memory of everything you just said but yeah no i'm back okay yeah that's why it's recorded you can go back and listen to it i i thought you were as far as the topic i was seeing now i was confused like evan i'm sorry evan i take it back i thought your topic meant uh like like unanswered because i still felt some things were like i could still question some things by the end like how the cult even came to be because it's definitely a cult right or are they hypnotized because they are all acting like they're from get out okay so you guys took it as like questions that weren't answered by the end of the film or addressed by the film that were like glossed over yeah yeah why was everyone okay with dying okay Maybe I worded it wrong. Maybe that's not how. I just remember Bruce saying it that way in the playwriting class. And that's, I just meant it as like the device, as like the way to unravel the plot in like that breadcrumb way. So, scene to scene, there's a new question plotted. You gain a little bit, and the, the thing you gain raised more questions. And then yeah. by the end of it, you see the whole picture and you're like, oh, that's what that was. I think that's definitely what kept me glued the entire time because I. Yeah, there were more questions than answers at most points in the movie. Like, you'd get an answer, and then it just raised more questions. Like, okay, that answers that, but why? Yeah, that was that was really well done. I agree with that, now that you're both, like, breaking it down. Like, it's, it's breadcrumbs, it's not bread chunks, I think. And sometimes, I, I think... Well, there is no bread. You get no bread. <laughs> right, right. There was no bread to begin with. But... It's not a specific question in some cases, I think. Like, it isn't mm-hmm. who died. It's just, like, wh- what's the deal with, like, Mario and Tyler here? Like, something's not right. Did and you say Mario? Margo. Oh. I heard Mario and Tyler. I'm sorry. Good. Yeah, but but there's a lot of, like, it is just little things like that. Like, it isn't necessarily a capital question mark. I know that's not a thing in english punctuation but like it's not a it's not a question that i feel like i was noticing or that like it's not like those opening teases where it's like whoa and there's some major scene and then it goes six weeks earlier or whatever it's not Mm. doing anything like that like big teases there but i feel like those never i don't want to say they never work sometimes they do but it gives us enough and it's a it's a difficult line to walk, I think, or at least there's like easy ways to go too big or too small with it where it's not enough to pique our interest or it's too obvious. Like you're giving us so much that we can guess it. What was your biggest big boy question that stayed with you? Mine was, was it real? Was any of what was happening real? Or was it a show the whole time? I don't know. Who was in on it? Were they all going to die? Those were my biggest ones. I guess my biggest question was like, so like there's obviously a degree or a side to Chef 
that is like humane like he let her go i don't know is it strictly because the cheeseburger memory triggered it and that's what let the, him become that person again or was it more so like he actually has a line and these people all crossed it and this is an innocent person who he's gonna let go i guess i don't know if i was like super conscious of this watching it but i I still kind of have this question because I don't feel like the movie answers it. But Chef Slowick is really obsessed with Margot choosing whether she wants to be a giver or a taker. And I don't quite understand what his obsession with that is. Like, obviously, he sees himself as, like, basically king of the givers. But she does point out, like, I'm going to die either way. Why does it matter? And I guess I was expecting at a certain point him to have some speech or whatever to, like, lay out his whole philosophy on that. Well, it was this morning. Especially since the thing that let he let that made him let her go was her taking. Like, he, like she does the most takey thing, which is order off the menu and demand exactly what she wanted to eat. And he made it. He, she did the exact thing he said not to do. He was because he says someone else. They were like, "No, what's on the menu is what you'll get, nothing more." And it's like, okay, now this is a completely different situation, and you've approved it. But now, like you're saying, you were condemning her for being a taker. Maybe he realized she was the main character, because <laughs> her genius idea to get out of there kind of came out of nowhere. No, she was just distraught and distressed and then she was just like click all right time to end the movie and spun around and clapped and then won she won the game yeah it doesn't seem like a cheat code that the evidence of the night up to that point would have been able to point to it wasn't like oh of course and i i think maybe like i have a theory about what i think the cheeseburger is doing in the movie um, what does the cheeseburger mean? I have a theory. I don't know if it's right, but it doesn't feel like the of course kind of answer that it seems to be clicking as in her head, where she's like, I know how to beat him at his own game here. Like, I don't I see mean, that there's evidence that would lead her to I, that. I, the evidence in that case, no. I don't know what in that moment. Again, I think it was just because she was like, all right, time for the movie to end. But I, I could understand, like, she she was playing it like it was a restaurant, and she turned into a Karen and said, I don't want my food. Technically, if she did send it back, he technically couldn't kill her because that was at the end of the night, and she didn't like the food. She was still hungry. She got a burger and got out. So that, I, it kind of made sense to me, but I don't know what triggered that click response from her that's it okay so the only thing that people have really been able to point to and i i mean i mean you can't really argue it because like it, it's a clear shot in the film but it's just like whether it worked on you or it didn't but it's when she fights like the number one sous chef and kills her there's like moments before when she's in the kitchen or the office or somewhere and there's a framed photo of him winning like his is like one of his first awards and it's for this mm -hmm. double cheeseburger and he's just like super happy and he's like smiling 
And then that's like, she's, she thinks that's gonna get him into that happy mood, and I guess it's good enough to work. What is it with Anya Taylor-Joy finding the past about some killer and then that working for her escape? Oh yeah, this Split. exact same happened in, <laughs> the same thing happened in Split. And there was crumbs in that movie. Oh, hey. a Wendell crumb. <laughs> I don't know if that's a spoiler, though. Uh, probably. I don't know. Anyway. If you know, you know. If but you that's know, all you know. it is. He was so happy to make a cheeseburger. It was his favorite thing he made, and he got to do it again. And I guess that made the Grinch's heart grew three inches that day. Mm. And then he let her go. Well, I'll give my reading of the cheeseburger. I was going to wait till we go to my topic, but since we're on it, I kind of felt like maybe it was like that he misses making food that just regular people enjoy. And maybe that's what like the, cause I'll get into it with my topic. I think chef's log is very much meant to be like symbolic of anyone who like creates things for an audience. And I felt like maybe the cheeseburger was like supposed to symbolize, like this is what the goal of creating should be like making something that is satisfying to the average person and like just kind of fills the function that it's meant to like a burger fills you up it's a meal and like it's something that anyone can enjoy and you don't have to like appreciate it's relatively cheap like maybe that's what it's going for because he's like making all this stuff earlier in the night that's meant to please all these other types of people and maybe he just misses making food that makes people happy that was my potential reading on it i'm not totally sold on it but we'll get into maybe more of that with my topic what if they didn't have any to-go boxes i mean why would they though like if you're supposed to not be filled up by the end or maybe that's not how it's supposed to work normally why did they have any to-go boxes then? She was like, can I get this food to go? And there was a whole good pause there where I was like, is he really, is he going to say no? She, she wormed her way out of that one. Some places don't let you get takeout, I think. Yep, that's, that's when you just ask your mom to put it in her purse. Balance of art and realism. It was kind of along the lines of what David's topic was, or what I thought it was. I have more questions than answers. Like, how could he get this... How could anyone get this many people behind him? Like, I believe the ships, it had to be like a cult, right? Because they... They were way too into this. And into to killing and dying together. Nobody screamed, nobody had emotion, except that one dude that clapped himself. Uh, so that was weird. I get that everyone was there to die and it wouldn't work I guess meaning the movie wouldn't work if everyone didn't die but like no one at the end tried to escape their fluffy bindings of marshmallow I felt like there should have been a little more resistance at the end you just had old girl praying in the corner as she shivered to death from she, well, she didn't die from shivering, but she was terrified. And everybody just kind of sat there and let the marshmallows get wrapped around them. It was just like, y'all just going to chill in this, huh? He's going to sit there and roast. I, I feel like there could have been so many different escape methods. Like, 
they, they could have, I feel like they could have swam or something. Like, she wasn't that far out from the boat, on the boat. And I was like, she could still see the island. You could swim to where she was, honestly. Like, I don't know. But those chefs were also different, like robotic different when it came to chasing those people and finding them. So I don't know. The black guy tried to make an escape and I was like, yes, go. And then he tripped and clocked himself. So there was that. Normally in these types of hostage, what would you do movies? There's always one person they try to make an example out of, but it's always the one most desperate to leave being like the old white guy, I think. But he wasn't killed. Normally that person is killed to show the others in audience that the captives are for real. But that role was given to... Uh, what's his face? What was the old dude that shot himself in the mouth? Uh, Jeremy something, I think. You're talking about the chef, Jay. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that was... That was that. My biggest question... Because of the art and realism of uh, realism why did no one else send their food back and order a cheeseburger again for the sake of the art of the movie i get it Margot being the only one to have seen his past and the only one among those to be killed not to belong there because she's a or she was a giver or whatever even though she like you guys said ended up taking in her whole speech there she should have been the sole survivor, but to not even see anyone even try at the end, especially any of the Doug Warwick guys, the, the trio of dudes, I don't remember their names. I don't remember if they had names. I, 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 that didn't make too much sense to me. But the chef was kind of spitting in some of the things he was saying. The whole losing your passion or drive, the whole reason he had was his face there the actor there just to see his face like the reason he was doing it like that was kind of poetic some of the other things he was saying was poetic. I, I should have written some of the quotes down but I was too entranced if there's I, I think if this were another one of those what would you do movies and by which I mean like thriller social experiment movies like would you rather circle exam the Belco experiment etc if, if this were any one of those, I think they would have honed in on the realism, like, focused on that. But I like the messages it was attempting to deliver, to deliver about audiences, which is Evan's topic, and we'll get to that. And art. I feel like the people that created this movie were talking about films specifically because they made a movie, but it, it really could have been about anything considered art, which is, I think, what they were getting at. And I think because it honed, it focused more on the art and the message than the realism of people trying to constantly escape. I think I enjoyed it more for that. But I I still had questions as to why they didn't. Because they... I'm really focused in on that trio. Because they seemed like the most like antsy to get out. Especially that one guy that hit the, the window with the chair. And I was like... I feel like he would be trying to escape more. Like They would have had to kill him, I think. But he was sitting down for the the other half of the movie, so I don't know. But um, if you guys had anything on this, you can feel free. I mean, I, I interpreted this one differently, too. I, I wasn't sure what, like, the art specifically was and the realism, because when I watched this film, I didn't get realism vibes. Like, 
I thought everything was super like hyper and like up and it was almost like satirical in that way. But like now that you break it down, I definitely think the latter half of the film suffers plot wise and believability because like you're saying with those guys and those moments, like the movie already showed us that like it goes there and those guys have gone there. So it would just make sense naturally for it to go there again. And it doesn't. And I don't know. I'm not sure. I think that, like you said, I think that just comes down to like, it's the end of the movie. But as far as everything else, I didn't, it didn't bother me too much. Like I wasn't like, Oh my God, like these guys are cultish. This is weird. I'm like, well, yeah, like this is the, the why the movie's selling me. If these guys were just normal cooks, like if this was John Favreau and chef on Netflix, I don't know if I'd be watching. Do either of you mind that it's not doing too much with the, like, keeping people contained kind of thing? Like, I like that it doesn't spend that much time making mechanisms to keep them in. Are you guys good with that? Or is, like, do you kind of wish there was more? I prefer it. I wish they would have changed the personalities of those three guys a little bit if they didn't want to focus on it the investor guys yeah why make them the antsiest and most eager to escape if you're not going to have them constantly try to escape like i would have believed it more if one of them would have gotten like instead of the guy to get his finger chopped off if one of them would have been the one to try and escape and immediately got clapped then I would have believed them staying because they just saw their friend die. Right. Especially having such a huge beat with the boss. Like, they put such an emphasis on them. Right. I, I think it's a... Whether it's the script or the direction, it's I think it's a shortcoming in one of those two departments at the end for them to not, like, rile up. Mm -hmm. Especially because they let, like, the wife give her, like, a, you go, go, don't look behind. And it's like... Right. Why would the escort care what is her one time or however many time client's wife says like she's gonna get why out. would she like, look back at any of them i know that's that's one thing i didn't like either a few reaction channels pointed that out they were like if i was her i would just be booking it and i'm like yeah i don't know why she's looking back she really shouldn't feel any remorse towards any of them she should just be like high kicking mm -hmm. skipping on her way out i wonder <laughs> if it's that like the lack of that stuff is there to make us read it more in like a symbolic metaphor kind of way because I think it is trying to pose itself as more of a metaphor conversation. But I would not be surprised. It doesn't sound like this is a deal breaker for, for any of the three of us. No. But I would think that for many people, especially like if they're trying to read it more like those movies that you're talking about, Jelani, the like contained social experiment kind of ones... I mean, I've only seen one of those that you mentioned, Circle, and in You didn't that, see Would You Rather? No. Didn't we do an episode on that? No? Nope. Circle is the only... I'm, I'm up for it, but Circle's the only one that we've done. Yeah. But in that, they had, like, a really simple mechanic that was like, all right, we gotta all stay in this room. And I wonder if having that here would be a good or bad thing. I think, I think it does some... It does a little bit both ways because, like, 
it would take away that question of like why aren't they leaving if you like tied them all down to their chairs or whatever but then i think it does like what you're saying with this whole topic like balancing art and realism it throws off the balance a lot toward realism if you do Mm -hmm. something like that and maybe that's not what they wanted right i am again it's not a deal breaker i'm fine with it it's just some things i think could have been changed yeah and i wouldn't have wanted it to be more of like them i wouldn't want more of an emphasis on them trying to contain the clientele or keeping them in because i feel like then it would have felt to me more of like a hostage movie and i might have like felt like i've seen it a bit more or a bit a bit more tropey but like i truly feel like to get the experience i get out of the menu i have to watch the menu and yeah. I think that's because they decided to go that different way. And I think it is because it plays more into that metaphor realm. And it, it worked for me. I think it's also like it's it's just like thinking back on all of the characters. It's literally just those three guys that are kind of throwing it off for me. Because the rest I can see, I can believe staying. Like either because they're too weak, too shocked. I mean... Tyler straight up just wanted to stay. He'd been waiting to go for forever. And I believe the old couple. I believe like they he could just be over it. She could this could be like the like forty fifth person and like he promised he would never do it again. And it's just yeah. like, you know what, at this point just take me out. This is where it is. Let me have yeah. it. I believe that. I believe the critic just I don't even know. Dude wasn't trying to fight back. He didn't seem as like the fighter type. She didn't seem like the fighter type. You could get a lot as of mileage out of just intimidation, and I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of it. That too, you could have just intimidated them, but they just had random. Not, I'm not gonna say faceless, because they had faces, but they weren't making faces. So, faceless guards. But to a certain degree, they were like, at some point, you gotta ask yourself, what are you gonna do? You mean right. his own chef shooting himself in the face? The guy tries to leave, he loses a finger. They got this huge company CEO. He's dangling with angel wings, getting drowned, waterboarded in front of us. They give us a chance to leave, and we get a 60-second head start, and we get hunted down and brought back. What more are you going to do on this island? Um, I mean, it's not like they had guns, so... Could you imagine this becomes a completely different movie? And there's the one character who's like, and that's why you should always have a gun. I'm glad they the people John you can call John for help are in on it. They come with the gun and on yeah. it, light the candle. It's like, well, yeah. that was crazy. I, I was, I felt so bad for them at that point. It was like, there's still time left in this movie. Oof, there's no way this goes well. Yeah, I was really curious. Like, I, I feel like that cemented whether I was go- like how that scene played out was gonna cement how much I enjoyed it. I think because I feel like I would have been I would have felt kind of betrayed if he was going to help them because then it just like throws off like I don't want that I want to see Chef Slowick like get through his whole night like that. Okay so you're a psychopath. Well just for the interest of what the movie is doing like it just would have turned into a completely different thing and then it, it it basically just would become like I feel like there are a few things that check me out of a movie more than when the literal only thing that is there to keep my interest is just like 
one character is like fighting for survival it's why a lot of horror movies don't work for me and like those contained thriller things like if all i'm seeing is like how do how does this one person survive this death trap that's not really that interesting to me like if that's all that's yeah, happening you'd hate so i imagine i would i've never seen any of them but th that's like exactly the kind of thing that i'm talking about and exactly why i haven't seen it but when you take something like that and put it in context like circle or this like i don't love circle but i i like what it's going for and like the questions that it's raising with its premise where it's like it's not just oh 50 people how do they survive it the, the question isn't how do they survive it it's like trying to put a mirror up to society and stuff like that we live in a society that we do I also think it's just a more nuanced choice between the two because like if you're looking at it and you're like all right at the end of the day this guy like he can't like you're saying he can't disrupt chef's night so he's either going to be in on it or chef has to kill him and he like the guy has his his cop moment where he turns around he pulls the gun he's like hey everybody everybody get on your knees and then everyone feels saved and then dun da 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 chef has the upper hand boom you know guy dies and then chef has his second act into third act mustache twist moment and it becomes much more of a cliche film than we've seen before seeing him build the suspense and then just extinguish it immediately with the lighter letting you know he's in on it for me felt like a smarter decision that i hadn't seen in other films as often as the mustache twist twirl where it's like i am yeah. ultimate evil and i'm always one step ahead i was so ready for the cop to die i was just like He's not gonna see somebody standing behind him, or somebody this is gonna be like a laser dot pointed at him. He had a sniper ray or some some BS. And it was just, and then he lit the thing. And I was like, oh no. I did really like the build up to it though, where it was like, do you want to take his autograph? And I was like, oh, this is like I I had enough trust in the movie at that point. I was like, this is gonna go somewhere. And then the actor is like. I like that he's smart in that moment and does right helpless. That's a, like... I thought that was the dumbest thing he could have done because I was expecting the chef to be like, uh, here, take his take the autograph and then for him to, like, assign one of the other guards or chefs to check it. Like, that's what I was ready for. And then, like, I thought it would have been smart if he hid like a 911 or something in his signature or something cl more clever than just help us written in bold sharpie marker like but you know it wouldn't have worked out anyway so I, I feel like they had nothing to lose at that point well their lives but that was already under threat like it, like it's a bid for survival but they weren't dead yet I'm just proving your point for you I don't know what I'm anyway i am really glad that it took this route though because you know i don't want to like diss on the genre too much but we don't need another hostage situation movie i i truly don't think like there's any more we can get out of that genre as just its own thing if you're gonna do it i think this is the way to do it like this and the circle kind of approach and i don't know if the other movies you mentioned jelani do that but like do what well, like, make it more than just how do we survive and, like, do some good theme kind of stuff. The exam isn't life or death. It's the only one out of the ones that I mentioned. 
Well, you saw Circle, but the Belco and Would You Rather are more about... Be the Belco definitely... Uh, James Gunn, that's his movie, uh, is definitely about the survival thing. Is it, And it's just the survival thing there? I want to say... Not class, what is it? Like, structure in the workforce as well. Like, job status. I want to say it's about that, too. Just a little bit. I mean, would you rather is definitely survival and choice. Lesser of two evils, all of that. Nah, that's, that's all I had on it. Um, I like that it went more art than realism because that separates it from the movies I mentioned, I think. I agree. Too. If the menu tried to be gritty and, like, super real, I would be... I don't know. I think I would be more uncomfortable than anything because I think the way that ends up finding an audience is when it becomes more of a Saw, Terrifier, gore porn film and it becomes, like, hyper-real about, like, the dismembering of the bodies and the clientele and it leans much more into the gore horror than, like... They didn't uh, even show the finger being chopped off. No, no. This is all, like, conceptual thriller and I, I that works for me with this. Yeah, I also bought the comedy more because it leaned more towards art than the realism. Like, people wouldn't be making jokes at, if it was all about survival, mm -hmm. but because it's more towards the art, uh, it was the comedy landed more for me. Like the, uh, <laughs> uh, where did you go to school? Brown student loans? No, I'm sorry, you're dying. <laughs> yeah. I feel like any time... And this happens in circle a bit. I feel like it kind of circumnavigated it a little. But like basically any time the goal just becomes survival, it basically like takes away a lot of who that character is. Which like there's some situations where that works, but it's not many. They just become like person. How does person escape this? Well, that's everything for art and realism. We can get into the audience with you, Evan. Yeah. So I have a lot of thoughts on this, but I want to open it up to you guys very, very broadly first. So what do you guys feel like it's saying about audience and the relationship between creators and consumers? Each customer is a different type of audience member. Agree. I got the customer is always wrong. I will disagree with that both fundamentally and on what this movie is saying, but elaborate if you would like. Oh, just as far as audiences, like, I'm not saying the movie so much agrees with it because the movie's in the POV of the protagonist and she, being the biggest taker and consumer, ends up getting what she wants and survives. So, like, that reading, would you'd be like, the customer's always right. But as far as a character who has a point of view strong enough on audience members and consumers in this film it's definitely chef and chef thinks consumers are the worst things on earth they take his art they chew it up and they make it shit in their stomachs and to me that was like all right so artists hate consumers artists are constantly misunderstood and the consumer's always wrong i will disagree with that a bit because i think it's saying more so that, or at least Chef Sloak in his ideology. I, I'm, I'm not quite sure if I see like a super strong statement from this movie about it. Chef Sloak, I think, the way I read it is that he is sick of the way that people have been consuming 
his food since he like got this level of prestige and he misses just the like serving to normal people like Margot, where it's just like i want to make food that people like as simple as that and these different groups of people that are in the like audience in this case are the kind of people who don't really let him do that anymore for one reason or another mm. do you have a rebuttal to that david i just think both things can be true Ooh. yeah burn like i think that reading is just as valid as mine like it's just Ooh. how we sell the context i'll agree with that we took it in Ooh. no keep arguing as my friend evan sykes says both jokes were equally funny so i will not fight you further on that no keep going <laughs> i'm gonna i'm eating popcorn <laughs> Well, I think you're going to be disappointed. Why wasn't popcorn on his menu? Wasn't pretentious enough. Mm, but it's, it How would he do popcorn? Because he never does it normal. Would it just be the kernels? Probably. I don't even think it'd be that. I think it'd be the whole stock without the corn. Maybe, I don't, maybe give them a field each. And they have to search through the field, like a, like a mini version of the field and you search through the mini version of the field with your hands walking on the field like a person and you go and find oh the kernels and then Maybe. you realize when, with the path you've created you've created crop circles <laughs> Blah. that's just one way he could do it you know I'm just spitballing ideas maybe I should work for him that, that sounds like something that would be on par with the other stuff yeah that's definitely up his alley a little more interactive than the other ones but like it wouldn't be out of place. If he had like a weekend instead of like an evening, that would have definitely been like Saturday 2 p.m. activity, Camp Chef. Yes. Okay. Did you guys have more you wanted to go into? So with Evan mentioning, I shouldn't have read your text before I watched the movie because I saw your topics and I saw Evan commentary on audience. And I was like, are the customers the audience? Are the customers like the audience, different types of audience members for like moviegoers or just art in general? And that's literally all I saw when watching this movie. Oh, well, sorry. That, I mean, yeah, you're, your you're, you're basically on point it. for my reading of it, but I'm sorry if that tainted your experience. Your, it's your fault that I read your text. Holt is a diehard fan that doesn't know how to do any of it himself, so... Anyone that follows like a director or a painter or a musician but doesn't know how to make any of that art themselves and wants recognition from that said artist. Margot is a skeptic, but like a relatable skeptic because she's cool. I think the critic was just pretty, pretty straightforward, a harsh critic that can make or break people's lives. I saw the three bros as like average moviegoers going for the experience. I don't exactly know what the washed up actor was supposed to represent. Maybe like somebody that used to do it, but can't anymore, so uses their old connections to stay relevant. I don't know. I feel like I'm reaching with that. I mean, you could argue that it's showing, like, from what how you lay it out, like, I see it as the different stages of someone in their business. You have Nicholas Holt, the fanboy who wants to get into it, the critic who's established and in her groove and well in doing it. You have the clientele, younger executive boys who are climbing the ladder, and you have the washed-up person who has kind of already been there and done that. 
and now we have chef who's at like the top of his tier and where is he gonna fall in this so i i didn't see it like that but i definitely can now i see some of your readings that are different from mine there jelani i saw it more as like the people that the creators are trying to please where you like critics yeah the people funding the restaurant was how i read the three uh investor guys like you have to make sure that you you got to take notes from the people who are funding the operation maybe that's why that bread scene was significant yeah you got to listen to us do you know who we are bro right well like that kind of pushback i i think is real in any kind of like creative endeavor like Mm -hmm. I mean, as far back as I, I remember just history class talking about, like, you had in the Renaissance period patrons. It was like, there's not really money in art unless you get people with a lot of money to back it or you get a ton of people to consume it. And some industries have an easier time with that than others. But, like, if you, like you're not going to mass produce paintings. So for, like especially artists back in in those days it was like you make one painting how are you going to feed yourself you need to like just get someone who's just going to sponsor you and believes in your ability and that can sort of be true i think still with some art forms and like now it's a little different because we have stuff like patreon or things like that where like you can kind of like source from your own fan base but but isn't that also audience yeah, and I, I don't know if there's exactly that kind of thing here. I don't feel like that's quite what they're engaging with. But you, I guess maybe you could say the, the two regulars might kind of be that. Um, like, you got to get your returning fan base, that kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, then you got to... The diehard. Yeah, you got to get the diehard people. I was thinking that the actor was, like, celebrity endorsements. Like... Mm some celebrity is just like oh i love this thing whether they're being paid or not especially if they aren't these days like if they can endorse your thing that can just drive a lot of traffic to your product and then you have the margos which i would say is most of the world of like just regular people who want to eat or whatever the equivalent thing is so like all of those people are like who the creator has to please whether for funding or marketing or validation or profit or to just keep their reputation up i also see in relation to the audience fans i see the uh the skeptic as like margot as the skeptic to the diehard fans like it's just a movie mm -hmm. or it's just food but sorry continue. no that's that's a that's a fair point i wasn't reading her as that but i think that is a fair reading because she is like she's just like i don't get it like why is this food mm -hmm. so much better and he has to explain it to her which is like okay but that doesn't make it taste any better. And right. I know I have that with certain things. Like I was, I see your reading that you were taking as like, yeah, I think he is that like the people making this are talking more about movies than other things. The, another podcast I listened to cinema of, of meaning, they covered this a few weeks ago and they were taking like exclusively that reading of it. And they're both Thomas flight and Tom Vanderland. And they're both video essayists. And they were kind of wondering like, who are we in this like are are we being called out like by the critic character or the nicholas holt character and they kind of couldn't like decide 
uh, or and and maybe came to like maybe they're not trying to call out people like us. Maybe there's the celebrity endorsement depending on who it is, like CinemaSins. Maybe, yeah. Not celeb, quote unquote celebrity, I guess. But I yeah. feel like that would be more under the critic character, though. Critic, because yeah. the I like, can see that too. I don't think of CinemaSin specifically as like we would. I think even fall under that, like the same bucket mm-hmm. as CinemaSins. We are a lot smaller than them. So, like, mm-hmm. we have much less of an audience and people who listen to that opinion. But, like, are we the critic in that equation for movies? Like, I don't think anyone's trying to please us specifically. But, like, there's a lot of people who go to YouTube for film analysis. Maybe we're all, all except included. the investors. Like, I can, see as, I can see as being any role except the investor maybe invest, i guess it depends how you read it as the regulars like you're a nolan regular you're a nolan diehard yeah i'm a skeptic when it comes to your diehardness with nolan i don't know I, I feel like we could fit in just about any of these roles personally i mean the way i am reading the celebrity one we don't but maybe if we take more of your reading of the celebrity oh, one no. than we do it, it depends on like how you divide up i guess because i see what you're saying if if we are taking it, like, the way I was reading it, I feel like we could only fit into maybe three roles with this, which is the Margos, the Critics, and I think even the Critic is a little bit generous, or the Tylers. Because I think the Critic, like, the reason I, I would be hesitant to say that we are the Critics when it comes to movies, even though, like, literally we are, we are not prestigious. Make a break. In the mm-hmm. way, yeah, like her, like people I live and die on her praise. Movie. But collectively, I, like I don't think there is one YouTuber who does make or break a movie's success. But collectively, like all of the YouTube critics, they kind of can. Like if mm-hmm. if something gets review bombed, then it it's over. Morbius tanked this past year because of that, or I think there was probably something else that did too like if if pre-reviews or like really early reviews of stuff are really bad it doesn't make money a lot of times i mean there's certainly exceptions to that but like didn't morbius tank twice yeah like it they re-released it because of memes they're like oh obviously people want to see this now and then it tanked worse the second time yeah i remember hearing about that and I feel like that kind of has a place in, like, the conversation this movie is having. It's like, if, I don't know what kind of food would be eaten for the meme, but, like, the way that people <laughs> consumed Morbius for the memes. But, like, there's just so many people that they have to please. And I was also thinking about this in terms of, like, whose opinions do you trust about the things that you consume particularly for stuff you enjoy whether it's like food movies music books it depends on the thing wine i I was answering it depends on the thing yeah like it depends on whatever the the topic or thing is like sneakers i'm pretty much just gonna trust myself whatever sneaker i like i'll get music i i have such a weird vast taste in music i really don't trust anybody but i'm willing to accept any recommendations and if i like it i'll add it to the playlist if i don't i don't Mm -hmm. movies (laughs) i kind of don't 
I, I pretty much only trust my brother when it comes to movies because he's he's known me probably the longest and the most. So he, whenever and same with food as well because he knows my taste taste buds. Because I'm a very picky eater, and growing up, he would know what things I would and wouldn't like. He would eat anything. But, uh, so... You sound exactly like me and my older brother. Like, that is the exact dynamic there. He, he used to be incredibly picky. Yeah. So, I feel like food and movies, because he recommended... Once he recommended me Bullet Train, like, I had my... Uh, friends, Asan and Chase, uh, recommend, uh, Bullet Train to me, and I was like, eh, Asan recommended me Barbarian, so, not entirely sure on that recommendation, <laughs> but, uh, then my brother recommended me Bullet Train as well, and I was like, alright, I'll watch it, and I, I ended up loving it, so, yeah, that's when my brother would, yeah, it depends on the thing, sorry, long, long, no, that's, that's fine, I was actually gonna, like, kind of open up open it up for that i was just thinking about it in terms of like the characters here like do you trust the celebrity endorsement do you trust you were talking about like friends and acquaintances i think most of us have a like it it does depend on the person there like like you my brother is the only person who i feel like has watched enough movies with me that i can trust like if he says you'll like it i'm like okay i probably will you guys are probably up there at this point as two people I would trust just because, you know, I feel like we know each other's taste pretty well by this yeah. point. Um, yeah. But even, like, even you guys would probably be secondary to him. And, like, there's a lot wow, of other hurt. people who, like, I, I don't even need to, like, know that I'll like it in terms... Because I'm also, like, much more experimental when it comes to movies. Mm-hmm. But for TV shows, I guess, is a, is a thing where it's, like... I have to hear a lot Oof. of people yeah. endorse a TV show if I'm going to commit That's dedication. Mm-hmm. It, exactly. It can't just be like three people like, oh, that's good. It has to be like everyone is saying this thing is great. And then I'm like, okay, I'll, I guess I'll try it. Um, it takes a lot. Oh, my mom is another person I trust with TV, like especially TV shows. She's recommended me a couple of things I ended up enjoying. But sorry, good. Well, just other groups that you can have is like randoms on the internet. Do you trust them? Somebody who Absolutely claims to not. have good taste? Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Or like YouTubers and podcasters, like prestigious magazines or whoever. Like the I'll take the YouTubers and podcasters over the magazines. Mm-hmm. It depends. It also depends on the YouTuber and podcaster. Right, but the ones Do you I go listen to, to this? yeah. I think at this point, most people who are in those circles have, like, the ones that they go to and who they trust like that. Um, and when I say magazine, I mean it more broadly. Just, like, I, I always wonder when I see those, like, reviews, when they come out with a trailer for something a week after the movie comes out, and they're like, critics are going crazy for whatever. I'm like, does that actually draw anyone in? Like, I don't know that anyone really cares about what the New York Times has to say. Whoa, IGN said this game was a 10? I'm definitely buying it, then. Yeah. And I think it's different in different fields, too, with that. Like, yeah. Like for instance, people have, like, decried a lot of award shows at this point. I know the Oscars mm-hmm. gets dragged, and I, I don't really follow other award shows well enough to know, but I would imagine... I, I know the Grammys just happened recently, I think, and people got upset about something with that. I don't know what. But there's like an elitism that is felt a lot of times with those award shows where like their taste is not 
in line with like the public's taste in some cases or they try too hard to cater to it and things like that and i i feel like for basically anything other than movies i'm pretty much a margo when it comes to everything else i am a very simple creature when it comes to music food i just care about like taste nutrition price drinks it's just like is it cheap and does it taste good and then when it comes to like paintings like visual art i'm either that's cool or i don't get it or that's very (laughs) impressive they should be paid a lot of money and i i I leave it at that and I, i don't know how true that is for other people we were talking before video games i know nothing um yeah that is a, a field where i just i'm i feel like some of what i say about video games probably irritates real gamers the way that i get irritated when i meet people who like have only watched mcu movies or basically just that like who have just incredibly basic taste i really hate the moments of this movie where I see myself in Tyler with his like gatekeeping and elitist stuff like tendencies like I try <laughs> to not be like that but I I have instincts like it where I have to just be like it's okay for people to like the MCU even if you think that they are ruining the film industry don't ruin this for other people I don't know like I'm sure there's that with other things like if people looked at my music taste they might be like you're so basic or how how do you enjoy this terrible basic thing and i'm just like it has power chords it's yeah it's i don't <laughs> i don't ever judge people based off of their music taste i don't think you should unless you listen to death metal i mean unless... i don't enjoy it but i wouldn't judge people who do no i'm kidding but that's there's just something some music genres i just don't understand that's one of them I'm okay with country, but death metal where it's just screaming and just, I, I feel like one song would give me a headache. Mm-hmm. And I, like more than half of the people I work with right now are into that. I'm just like, I, I don't, like one of them has a death metal band. I'm just like, I don't get it, but it's not for me to get. So stay over there. David, did you have anything to add to that? You're quiet. Um, I mean, I don't really like death metal either. Okay. Or like screamo, but like, I mean, that's why there's other genres, you know. Did you have anything with like just the whole audience? Who do you oh, trust? Oh, thing? oh, I didn't my mean. Bad. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so I mean, sorry. if you want to give your opinion on death metal, that was not what I was asking. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my bad. I mean, I pretty much read it as like. Like I said, to me, this this whole thing plays as like a satire. Like everything seems really heightened and exaggerated. So I, I was pretty much like, okay, this is if I'm writing a movie about, I'm gonna satirize like the highest end kind of upper echelon of restaurant and the clientele that would go there. It's like the politician, the critic, the celebrity, the business executive who like I didn't read it as like movie guys. I read it as like you go to like a sports like you go to the nba and like it's like two like 28 year olds to like 32 year olds who are like sitting courtside and you know they didn't afford those tickets and they're only there because they're really good friends with their boss and their boss has like season pass tickets and he lets them in and i was like okay these are like the people who are like ah oh, bro like mm-hmm. i've i worked really hard this year and mr Dida gave me like we got we're going to the restaurant like this is crazy 
and like that's i got sold on all of that and as far as like the art kind of commentary or theme i kind of just kept it very where the character put it like i don't think for me at least the movie did enough for me to really challenge the theme and the other characters perspectives i pretty much was like okay yeah like this is the creator the chef the artist and he's making his creation his art and for him it happens to be food and this is the consumer the audience and he is not uh, enjoying he finds it kind of disrespectful what they do to his food and what they do to his art and he doesn't kind of enjoy that and i kind of just left it as artists who make art and like they just the audience member completely misses it it happens all the time in movies it happens all the time in art with banksy when someone buys his art and it gets shred like there's so much i think in any art whether it's painting performance art cinema writing so much gets lost in translation from creator to consumer especially in the timeless classics when years go on and stories kind of live on but i think that's also like part of the magic because it's when the audience and the creator come halfway that like the special something in the middle is made that like wasn't there from the beginning because the creator couldn't kind of like even conceive that because no like we're not god but the audience members and the kind of humanity of the story is found so i feel like you know that's just kind of the give and take of art you're gonna risk being misunderstood because maybe someone's really gonna get you. But with artists and with, with musicians and, and all, of the, all of that, and actors and all that other, other BS, none of that matters because when it comes to food, it's, it's playing with life and death itself. And he's, uh, it's like the same thing that God does, you know? Well, that to me was like, I read the food choice because I did read this as completely satirical as like, of all the art forms, quote unquote, to have the culinary, quote unquote, arts, to me, not to say it's the least arty, but to me, it's if you're going to look at it, it's the most comical art because it's derived from such a basic human need and function mm. and instinct of eating and consuming and food and hunting and gathering versus like, you know, the Renaissance painting. There's no art in an apple that you grab off a tree right so like that to me that choice making him a chef and making this culinary really drew like drove home the pretentious and like the satire of it all and i was like yeah like quote unquote art but like you said with uh the main character like it just comes down to the consumer what do i want what do i want to eat let me eat it this is food yeah i think the like it there are readings that this movie kind of has to like make sure it hits like it still works as this is food and there's kind of specific things to food that make it different to talk about than other art forms because and you know no matter which medium they would have picked for this that would have been true but yeah like you're saying like we all got to eat regardless of how fancy it is but presentation is like apparently a big part of it if you want to be like an actual chef now nah, the cream cheese milk ain't looking so bad huh you you hungry evan no cinnamon toast crunch and cream cheese milk that is not making me hungrier with extra cinnamon that's my <laughs> magnum opus when it comes to food man and you're not you're gonna 
We'll have to make it for us sometime. No, it sounds gross. It, it, yeah, you don't have to. One, one other thing I wanted to bring up with it. There's a lot of little comments that we get to hear from all of the customers as the food's coming out. And like even when Chef Slowick is doing his monologues about each dish and then they all get it and they're kind of like, eh. like I, I feel like they're mostly dismissive except for Tyler in most cases where he's like seeing the whole thing and then the critics are like, oh yes, because he's always seen food as a history of class or whatever. But then a lot of the people are just like, wait, we don't get bread? What, what, what's happening? And I feel like it is, the, like, it's part of the conversation of this theme of, like, you can put all the effort you want in, but some people are just going to go, like, eh, it was it was okay. And that'll be it. And that'll be their only reaction. And I feel like they are sympathizing with creators more than the audience with a lot of those, like, little comments where they're, like, showing like this is just so dismissive maybe i'm wrong about like the bias there but that was the sense that i got do you guys agree or i don't know if you had anything to add is margo that that person well kind of no uh not the only one for sure like you hear it from a bunch of the other characters too i think and there's an extent to which like i feel like a lot of them are kind of under appreciating the experience or i mean you can read it that way at least where like the regular couple like that comes back a bunch of times they are like so kind of numb to it yeah they're like this this thing that is supposed to be special for so many isn't special to them anymore and even the investor guys are just kind of like they don't seem to really be appreciative one of them's like well i hear you pay for the experience but i'm like this isn't food or something I forget exactly, like, when one of them says it, but I know there's one that's, like... Yeah, my dad always says you buy the experience. Like, kind of trying to be, like... I, I guess we're getting our money's worth, maybe? Remember they remember they kept bringing this... What, what was it? Something was... Your broken something? Back to the critic? Oh, wait a minute. I'm remembering this, but I, I'm not. It's like the broken dip soup thing. Oh, oh that yeah. he sent to her specifically. It was like a yeah. special dish, yeah. Yeah, where the like sauce got separated and she was like, uh, got separated. Yeah. And they were like, Oh, okay, here's here's the entire pot of it. Yeah, that's like when a or a director or whoever, an artist, sees one critic say something and then enhances that and or focuses on it in their next project. Mm. Like, oh, yeah, see, it's critic? like if Tarantino made a film of just feet. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, but you do. I, I mean, I, I can I can say one specific example of that that I know has happened is the second season of Westworld. Apparently, like whatever plan they had for it, someone on Reddit or something guessed what they were gonna do, and then they pivoted and made it like insanely convoluted so that nobody could guess it, and it kind of ruined the show because they were trying so hard to like cater to the internet. I remember there was a. Um... He didn't. I don't. I don't know if he fixed in his. I don't know what his next project was. But the director of Kong Skull Island was pissed off in an interview. He just went on a rant tangent 
where he was talking about it's an action film it's a thriller it's it's not about the story or whatever and people realize he was referencing things that cinema sins was pointing out hmm. like yeah well if i recall he like went on the honest trailer for that movie hmm. i think i don't i i, I watch most honest trailers i don't obviously watch they're kinder since. they are much kinder from what i can tell so uh our next episodes are going to be eighth grade which is on hbo right now and bullet train which i believe is still on netflix you can subscribe to our patreon for one dollar a month and we have a new episode out on there uh it is not really about anything so if you like us for our insight um thank you but do not expect any of that in this new episode because it's just the tangents that we had from this past year. I just kind of saved a lot of them and then put them all together in one episode and then put little interludes of songs that I like in between them. Hopefully that won't get copyright. Hot today. Milk. Hot Milk. There's, there's only one Hot Milk song in there, actually. Uh, but it is... But it's so memorable of this band name. It's it's a great band. I recommend people look them up. Um because they're, like, the best band that I've discovered in the past couple of years. Watch S-tier. out for their rivals, cold milk. Or maybe cold orange juice or something. I don't know what the opposite of milk would be. Anyway, uh, you can it's check that out, $1 a month. Uh, I mean, you can check out Hot Milk for free. Uh, but check out our Tangent episode featuring a lot of songs, but only a few seconds of them, and a lot of tangents from us. You can hear us uh, talk about what titanic directed by quentin tarantino would be like uh that's one of them that i'm remembering when i casted sam as the iceberg (laughs) (laughs) yeah you'll get to hear my tarantino impression which i won't do here just to uh you gotta pay for that but there's a lot of fun tangents on there you can check out our youtube channel you can rate and review us on apple podcasts our logo is by kelsey hendry i am on letterboxd at ev underscore wes and where are both of you Instagram, Jelani T. Kelly. Twitter, I don't even open Twitter anymore. Jelani T. Kelly. And YouTube, Jelani T. Kelly. Yay. I'm inside of that to-go container, because I'd want the burger. Hmm. So. I was wondering, I'm there were a few right spots in, in this one that you could have gone. You could have right the island, nice corner, the kitchen. That, bur- that burger looked good. Burger did look fire, especially while cooking. Meat. Oh. I know they did. Oof, they did the do cheese. some like really good like food filmmaking in this. Where it was like, wow, that burger looks good. I didn't need like the insulting foreplay where he told me it's gonna taste like when I was poor and I couldn't afford anything. <laughs> but it, it would look delicious. Yeah. Okay. So uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time. Uh, make sure you eat. <laughs>